Welcome to the Victory Family Church Newcastle podcast. We wanted to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God called you to be. Here's Pastor Matt Porter. Good morning, family. How we doing? Good. Glad you guys are here on kind of a little kind of wet, kind of misty, awful morning. Man, it was not like that super early, but I'm glad you're here. The faithful. Give yourself a big round of applause just for being here today. I'm glad you guys are here today. If you don't know me, my name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here. If you're the, a guest with us, I just want to say welcome home, man. Welcome to the family. We are so glad that you are here today. Let me tell you about a couple things that are going on before we dive into the Word of God today. Can I just say this, man? man so it was actually a Sunday that I preached in Norman. So I guess that was two Sundays ago. We started kind of our toy drive here, and we had a, a host of uh, tons of tags people took. Man, you Literally, I was getting text messages that morning in Norman of a blank wall that you guys just cleared out. Uh, amazing. Right now, uh, poor Cassie is, is trapped away in a trailer over here. This lady is incredible. I mean, she's a rock for me in this situation. But you guys are bringing and bringing and bringing. Man, God bless you guys. Man, thank you so much for what you've done. I think the 75, 80 families have already been helped. And listen, if, you, uh, if you're a family that, man, you want some help, man, I, I literally have people calling me. Uh, I have people in my neighborhood who don't attend this church but they just know what I do and they want to help. And so I don't want to steal that blessing from them. And so at the same time, like if you just need help this Christmas, man, get in contact with us this week. Uh, all of our emails are the same. You can email me at matt, uh, mattporter at vfc.church. I would love to know if I can help in any way. Uh, we would love to do, uh, to do that. But man, incredible. I want to thank you guys again just for being Man, generous people, man. I say it all the time. We have the most generous people on the planet. And so I'm so thankful for you uh, that literally the school can come to me and I have no stress when I say it's easy. Uh, no problem. Just give me those tags. Uh, if you can give me more, I can make that happen too. And so incredible. Thank you guys. Give yourself another round of applause for that, man. Generous people. And I thank God for you <clears throat> literally every day. Uh, so let me tell you about a few things that we're doing. So if you saw one of these and you walked in, and if you haven't been around Victor Family Church very long at all, you may not know what this is, but the Jesus birthday offering is something we do every single year, the Sunday before Christmas. And so what we do is we ask 100% of you to give because we're giving 100% of the offering that day away. It doesn't go to anything but these projects. Every dime we collect that day in our general offering will go to all of these projects. So you can look through all the different of these projects, but Bible smuggling, one of my favorite things we do, uh, we have helped World Compassion, it's an organization that literally in places like Iraq, Iran, where it's tough to get the word of God in, man, that's what they do, man. They smuggle Bibles into here. And so we help uh, purchase those Bibles to get that effort going in. Uh, there's a Cuba church plant, which is outstanding uh, that we are part of as a church. And again, these numbers are what all across all of our locations is we hope we raise to be able to do. Uh, so the refugee relief, uh, even though ISIS has been defeated in this area, there are still people who don't have homes, they don't have anywhere to go, and so we're still a part of that. And in the back, you flip it over. We do some local stuff. The Wynn Foundation is an incredible uh, foundation, really, that uh, uh, they just partner with uh, all different types of people for uh, rehab and all different kind of uh, after, if it be drugs or alcohol, but we want to help them. And then Clean Water Project, man, something we've done forever. Man, we have done water wells uh, for literally years here, and so we will continue. So these are all numbers man, again, through all of our campuses, we long to, to try to meet these goals. And so again, remember the Sunday before Christmas uh, is all the offering will go toward that. Uh, next thing I want to tell you guys about before we get in is just, I'm really excited about this, but how many of you guys, because we're new, we're only seven months old. And so some of you guys, uh, you're, you're new to Victory Family Church as a whole. And so how many of you guys, when I say the word thrive, you know what thrive is? Raise your hand. Yeah. 
Okay, really, about half, really. So that's what it is, I think, everywhere. So let me tell you. So Thrive, historically, we started six years ago. Thrive literally is a once-a-month worship service. And so when I say worship service, not, not really like this. Uh, it is really a lot of worship. Uh, pastor that would speak, if I spoke, it's talking about five minutes. It's, it's a quick encouragement, but we just sing. We go after God. We worship. There's an extended time of prayer, but it's a cool, fun time. It's always at night. Uh, historically, we used to do it on Friday nights, and then we've been doing it on Wednesday nights in Norman. But to be, I'll be honest, I, I feel like... Uh, we just didn't catch on. Like, I just think it's hard. I think it's a, it's a hard stretch for, for me to say, hey, let's all go to Thrive. And you don't really understand what Thrive is. And so it's all the way over there. And so, man, I've been pushing. I, I want to do it here. And so we're going to do our very own Thrive in January. <clears throat> Here's where it comes, though. Listen to me. So the problem is, it's a good problem, but there's only about 200 seats in here. I think, there'll be close to 700 people here today. I think a lot of people would come. And so here's my fear. So again, when I say we're literally on the fly determining this, so our student ministry right now, and we're we're changing all the time. We're trying to figure out what's best for our students. Right now, we think it's best they go to Thrive. Uh, We may change that next month. We don't know. We're always evaluating what what, what makes sense for them. And so what that means for Newcastle, that's 40 or 50 of your seats already taken. So now you're only left with 150. And so what I want to do is, so if that's all the show, that's fine. Uh, We'll do it right here. Let me tell you what I want to do. I really want to rent that theater across the street. I want to rent that auditorium across the street. But if we roll over there with 200, like we, it's not feasible. We can't afford to do that. It doesn't make any sense. Let's one of y'all want to underwrite that thing. But it just doesn't make sense to do that. And so just tell me, kind of, we're just voting a lot today. Just by a show of hands, January 22nd is a Wednesday night. How many of you guys think you would be up for coming to Thrive? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay, cool. Cool. We'll, we'll figure out. Either way, even if we do it here and it, it explodes and we go huge, uh, man, we'll take a row out and we'll have students just stand, whatever. That's what it used to anyway. Uh, and then we can go over there after or whatever. We'll figure it out. But I, I'm super stoked. So mark your calendars. January 22nd, we will have a Newcastle Thrive. Great place, great time to invite someone. I don't know what it is, man, but you invite someone on Wednesday night, it doesn't feel like church. Like they, they don't want to come on Sunday morning, but they'll come on a Wednesday night. Man, come invite them to be a part of that. <clears throat> How many guys ready for Christmas? like a loaded question, right? Like how many of you guys are ready? Like you've already bought all your presents. Let me see your hands. Will you take track of those people? Like these are admin people. We need to get on the team. Man, you're, you're, you're put together. How many of you guys have bought zero presents thus far? That's all right. Pray. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We've got them all and we need them all in our church family. But listen, I don't know about for you, but man, Christmas does both, right? It's, it's extremes. It can give you the extremes of both worlds. Christmas can bring extreme joy on one hand, but the reality is it can bring crazy frustrations on the other hand. So on one side, man, you get to see family you don't typically get to see. That's fun. That's joy. Sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's frustration, but that's one. Uh, maybe you have an extended time of off work. Man, that's cool. That's a great time to be around your family. Your kids are longer at home. Again, both. There's extreme joy and there's extreme frustration even in that. I mean, Christmas traditions. How many of you guys have Christmas traditions you do all the time? Yeah. How many, do you may have any Christmas night traditions, like Christmas Eve night? You're just like, that's what we do? Yeah. So it's all different types of traditions. I love traditions. And Christmas, man, I'm learning this because I have a 10 and 11-year-old. And so those of you who have younger kids or even my kids' age, are, but they're out of the house, what you know is, man, Christmas with kids is absolutely the best. Like, it's so fun to have kids. And so what Christmas, so literally for the last two weeks, I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. I literally have woken my boys up every morning with, 
it's Christmas every single morning. They don't fall for it anymore, but I do it every morning. I just love it, man. I love Christmas, uh, and we do too. My boys are starting to hate it, actually. But they... <laughs> But there's also, if we're being serious, some frustrations that come along with Christmas. So like what happens when Christmas doesn't actually meet your expectations? Like if you ever opened up, you wouldn't say this out loud, but like if you ever opened up a gift on Christmas morning, you bust it open, everyone's watching you, and inside you just say, not even close, not even close. <laughs> like you don't say it, you pr- please Lord, could there be a gift receipt in that box, Lord? I want to I be a good steward of your money, Lord, would it please be in there? Now for me, man, I've been a preacher my whole life. Uh, I don't know about you, it doesn't happen to you maybe, but man, I, I get preacher gifts. So preacher gifts could be, I, I, I'll probably get a Bible. I got a lot of Bibles. They, they think I need a Bible. They don't read my Bible enough, they don't think maybe. Or maybe I'll get a, a Christian bookmark, which would be great. Last year, or a couple years ago, I think I got Testaments. That's M-I-N-T-S. Testaments. You got the, I get it. I get it. Or maybe, maybe you're, you get ties every year, but you don't wear ties. Like every single year you do that. And, and let me say this. Wives in here. I, I, I tell you this because I'm, I'm your pastor. I love you. Let me just say, I want to be the first to tell you this. That diamond ring you want. I, I'm just saying you may not get it. And don't, don't get your face. So, you may get socks. And listen, everybody needs socks. Right? There's nothing wrong with socks, man. The problem is when you get socks, it's because you expected a diamond ring, right? Everybody needs socks. And so I just want to, lo- as your pastor who loves you, I want to lower your expectations because we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. So, so really what I'm saying is your expectation doesn't always meet reality. Maybe this. And you guys cook Christmas cookies? You guys Christmas cookies? Literally, I had some Christmas cookies from a lady in this room that was possibly the best cookies I've ever had in my entire life. I won't point her out, but incredible. How many of you guys make Christmas cookies? Like this right here. Look just like this. Gorgeous. You guys make those? You all want to make those? <laughs> Julie made those. She didn't make those. Julie made these. <laughs> Julie, <laughs> Julie actually made those. <laughs> like you thought they were going to turn out like that. But the reality is, man, they turned out like that. Or man, the men in the house, man, you thought, man, I want, I want to do it right. I'm going to get my wife some flowers online. You saw the picture. That's, she's going to love it. She is going to love this. And dad, gone flower man. He showed up with that. <laughs> and so you finally saved the money. Your kid wanted a pair of those Yeezys. So you said, I'm going to get him some. I'm going to get him some Yeezys. He needs those. And in the mail comes these, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so so funny. But on a serious note, sometimes Christmas is hard. Like it's just hard. This is a very difficult time of year for a lot of people. Maybe you lost your dad this year. I'll never forget three years ago, man, that year I lost my father at Christmas. Like I'm not saying it just ruined Christmas, but it was just different. It was just hard. It was different for me that year. And really every Christmas is a little bit different. I have a moment I think about my dad on Christmas. It's just, it's just different. Maybe your kid's estranged from the family. Maybe you don't even talk to your adult child. Or maybe you've even lost your job already this season. So here's what we know. Here's what we know is unmatched expectations. They're coming. Like we already know they're coming. So my question today is how do I, in this season, when we know those unmatched expectations are coming, how do I maximize joy, but minimize frustration? And so write this down. The first thing you have to do is you've got to loosen your expectations. I think we hold too tight to some things we expect 
to happen, not knowing if that's what God wants to happen. But we grab so tightly to the things that we just know are going to happen. Let me show you in Luke chapter one, very familiar text, especially this time of year. Uh, verse 26 says this, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel went, was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him his throne of the Father of David. <clears throat> and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? <clears throat> and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son <clears throat> in the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How many of you guys understand Mary's world just got flipped upside down? Like literally her world changed drastically. So I don't really know. I can't say for certain. I don't know what Mary had uh, really had in mind for her future, but I'm just confident it wasn't this. Like have you ever just known something was going to happen? Like you're just positive. This is the way life is going to work out. I have this plan. It's exactly how things are going to, to work out, but they don't go out like that. And so about nine years ago, man, I'm telling you, I had, my, I had, I had our lives figured out. Like I, I'm a planner, man. I'm a thinker. All I do, I think, all, I think entirely too much. I can't sleep at night. I think so much. Like I just, I think I plan everything. I want to know what tomorrow holds. I want to know what next year holds. That's just the way I'm wired to a fault sometimes. So I had our lives planned out. My plan is what everybody wants. We were going to build that picket fence, have 2.3 children, have a golden retriever, and live happily ever after. I would have a son who's very tall, nothing short of playing Division I basketball, a daughter who would look just like my beautiful wife, would fall, fall nothing short also of playing Division I basketball. We would probably move somewhere close on some land, have that golden retriever and picket fence, and live the American dream. Well, after two years of trying to get pregnant, we found out August 23rd, 2010, by a fertility specialist that I paid $500 to talk to me for 25 minutes. I'm not bitter still. But, but, but he said that was not going to happen. And so listen, my plans changed in an instant. Now, we had talked about this. Me and, wife, me and Julie have talked about this a lot. Like, what if, what if this isn't in the cards for us? We had, and quite honestly, we had talked about adoption a ton. But frankly, I thought that was going to come a lot later. But in that, that day, in that doctor's office, man, it was so clear. It was so clear what God was saying. But it was different than what I had planned. But I'm telling you, we had this overwhelming peace that was unexplainable. Like that day in that office, my wife literally did not shed a tear, though she cried multiple times the two years before. Not a tear that day. Like we knew what God was saying to do. And so that day is when we started our adoption process. Listen, I, I know now, right? I, I'm intelligent now. I can look back. I know God was planning this all along. It was very clear what God was doing long before we made this decision. Listen to me. Often God will disappoint our expectations only so he can exceed them. Yeah. 
often God will disappoint our expectations only so he can exceed them. I mean, if you know me or my wife and my boys now, are you kidding me? Like, it's not possible that we wouldn't have our two boys. I mean, literally, they, they act like we do. Like, there are children, I can't imagine life the way I thought life was going to be. Praise God, man. He exceeded what I thought the plan was for our life. I'm telling you, this was not Mary's plan. I mean, I can't say for sure, but just ask any teenage girl today what her plan for life would be. My guess is it's going to include probably getting married one day in a perfect venue that's going to cost thousands of dollars. <laughs> Dads, get ready. Live several years in marriage in perfect harmony. <laughs> then it's probably going to be having a few children. But listen, that's not what the cards that Mary was dealt Mary and Joseph, man, they were going to have a normal family. Now they're raising the Savior of the world. I mean, can you imagine, literally, as the mom, mom's in the house, can you imagine, literally, as your kid comes into this world, they want to kill him? And, and as your kid is going out, there's still people who want to kill your own child. Can you imagine? I mean, goodness, I, I hate it when my kids get picked on. And to my knowledge, nobody wants my kid dead. I can't imagine. Or how about this? Can you imagine raising these kids and literally one of them literally does nothing wrong ever? <laughs> like Mark 6.3 says, I think it leads us to believe that Jesus had at least six siblings. Like Mary sends everyone to the room except Jesus. <laughs> right? But I'm just telling you, this is not Mary's expectations for her life. But she had to loosen she had to loosen her expectations. And for me, man, it's just hard. Loosening my expectations, it's hard for me. Because when I expect something, like it, maybe it's just me, but I just expect it. Like when I get my heart and mind set on something, I just want it to come true. And if I'm not careful, I'll begin to think, even the Bible, right? The Bible says that he's going to give me the desires of my heart. And sometimes I'll just land on that. Man, God, you said you're going to give me the desires of my heart. But the rest of the verse in Psalms 37 is take delight in the Lord, and he will then give you the desires of your heart. Don't make the mistake here. The true delighting in the Lord really is the key here. Because true delight in the Lord causes us to take our eyes off of what we want in order to long for what he desires for us. When we begin delighting in the Lord, like literally, we begin to take our eyes off of something that I want, only that I want, and it'll force you to begin literally to, to long for what he desires. But the only way we can do that, because I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's easy, it's difficult. It's difficult to, to loosen our expectations. But the only way you're gonna be able to do that is if you hold tightly to the promises of God. You think about in Luke chapter one, what all the angel promised Mary. He said God would be with you. You didn't have to fear. She would have favor. Her son would be the savior of the world and that God would never fail. Mary had to cling to the promises. Even when she's faced with this angel telling her what your life is fixing to be like. Well, I already had some plans. I already thought what I was going to do. So I'm going to cling to the promises of God. Even in the moment she was with child, she had to. Listen, they could have legally stoned her to death but no, 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 I'm going to hang on to the promises of God because Gabriel, who God sent, said that I am highly favored. Think about it. Herod sends out death orders to any male children under two immediately. How scared was Mary? They're going to kill my child. Are you kidding me? They're going to kill my child? No, 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 no. I'm going to cling to the promises of the fact that the Bible says he, or that the Gabriel told me he's going to be the savior of the world. My, my baby's born in a barn. Not what I expected, but I'm going to cling to the promises of God. 
Through his entire life, Mary had to cling to the promises of God. Can, can you imagine watching your son falsely accused? Not what I expected, but I'm going to cling to the promises of God. Imagine a mom watching those who called themselves his disciples leave him in the most difficult times to sit back and say, not what I expected, but I'm going to cling to the promises of God. He was beaten. He was killed on a cross. Not what I expected, but I'm going to cling to the promises of God. From, from before Jesus was even born, all the way to watching your son hang on a cross, Mary was holding on to the promises. So this is true for us too. So in this season, in our lives, we have to cling to the promises of God. And so let me just show you briefly just a couple things in Scripture that I think we can cling to. And a lot of them are the same as Mary. So number one, write this down. The Lord is with you. And as simple as that sounds, some of you need to hear that today. The Lord is with you. No matter how lonely you feel, no matter how many people in your life has left you, if that be a spouse, if that be children, if it be friends, listen to me, the Lord is with you. Verse 28 says, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. We have a promise that the all-knowing, all-powerful God of the universe that has incredible purpose for your life will always be with you. Listen to me, on your wedding day, he's with you. While you go through the divorce, he's with you. Whether you're clean or you're addicted, listen to me, he's with you. Whether you're healthy or you've been just diagnosed with something, he's with you. When you've experienced the birth of a child or the loss of a parent, he's with you. When you got that raise or when you filed bankruptcy, he's with you. Gabriel tells Mary, the Lord is with you. And what a beautiful moment, right? That the angel comes and appears, but I just feel like it left out a few details, right? Like he said that day, like he didn't talk much about the journey, much about the story. Like the Lord is with you, but didn't talk about the next 33 years. Just know that he's with you. You don't see a lot about the journey. And so let me show you really briefly in Mark chapter four, verse 35. I want to illustrate this again. We see God saying we're doing something, but we don't see a ton mentioned about the journey. So verse 35 says that Jesus had just got done teaching and he just says, we're going to get in the boat and we're going to go across the sea. So it says in 35, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, to his disciples, what it's talking about, he said to his disciples, let's get in the boat and go across to the other side. That's what we're going to do. It doesn't say what's going to happen. It doesn't say anything about how we're going to get there. He just said, get in the boat. That's where we're going. Jesus says that to him. Listen to verse 36. And leaving the crowd, they took with him in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so the boat was already filling. <clears throat> but he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear, and they said to one another, Who is this, that even the wind and the sea obey them. Listen to me, just because you're in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean you may not get seasick. Just because you're in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean you might not, you may get wet. 
even though you're in the boat with Jesus, like you still may be scared. What it, what it means though is we're going to the other side. They made it to the other side. That's all Jesus said was happening. My plan, we're going across. All it means is there's an end in sight and we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay. It, it means the one who commands the winds and the waves to be still is on your side. He is with you. I'll never forget years ago, my youngest son, Timothy, he had, I guess maybe it's, maybe it's night terrors, man. He had bad, bad nightmares where he literally would wake up in the middle of the night just screaming bloody murder. And so I would run down there and, and literally, there, there were times, not a lot when he was really little, there'd be a, there's a bad guy in the room or he'd be in the closet. And so there were times I would go in the closet, shut the door and fight the bad guy and come out and let him know that I knocked him out. But, but most of the time, most of the time, he needed nothing from me. He just needed me to be there. I just hold my kid, man, and just say, man, I'm here, dude. Just, just relax. Wake up. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Your dad's here, man. Just relax. Relax. You're fine. Most always. He didn't, he didn't have a list of things he needed me to do. Listen, if my dad's here, I'm okay. And sometimes the most helpful thing that you can do is just be still and realize God is with you. God is with you. So not only does Jesus promise to be with us, he, he promises this. Number two, write this down. You have favor with God. You have favor with God. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. So listen, Gabriel told Mary she had found favor with God. Certainly bearing and raising the Christ child was incredible favor. Certainly it was. But it's not the greatest favor God bestowed upon Mary, not by a long shot. Though he gave Mary this complete kind of unique calling, I'm telling you, the most important way God favor, was favored her is the same way he favored you and me and all of his children. Because listen, don't get it wrong. Jesus is sinless. The Bible teaches nowhere that, that Mary is sinless. Like she was brought forth in iniquity, the Bible says, just like you and I. She's, she's no different. Unless God did something to remove her sin, his wrath would have remained on her like any other fallen human. That means God's favor on her is unmerited. She didn't earn that. He'd get the same way you get it. It's not earned. It's, it's given. The grace he showed her was, was stagging proportions. I'm, and I'm not referring to calling her the mother of, mother of the child. The greatest blessing Mary received was that her child saved her from her sins so that he could bring her to God. The same blessing that's been given to everyone who believes in him. Listen, Mary's vocational calling as a mother of Jesus was a great blessing, but it's nowhere near the blessing of having her sins paid for by the cross. God was Emmanuel to Mary in, in really no other way that someone's experienced. And she was, as the Bible says, a blessed woman. But the most important way God dwelt with Mary is the same way he dwells with his children today is through faith. Because God's greatest blessing is given to those who believe in him. Her favor came from her knowing God. Not because who she was, not the way she lived her life, because she knew God. So she was favored. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't fear because I have favor. I don't fear a lot of things because I have favor. And there's, there's some real truth in, in the statement. It's kind of funny, but favor ain't fair. Like there's some real truth in it if you think about it. Let me, let me tell you like this. So just recently, I don't know, a couple, a couple months ago, I got to take my boys over to the OU basketball practice. And we got to sit and watch practice. And after practice, we got to go in the coach's office. And Lon Kruger sits there and he, he talks to my boys for a length amount of time, gives them t-shirts, 
in this office, all these basketball players all around, every one of the basketball players high five my boys. Literally, my boys are talking. They're on the same court. There's no, there's no stand. There's nobody in the stands. It's not a game. They're just hanging out. Listen, Long Kruger's not recruiting my children. You know that, right? Why? Why? Because I know the assistant coach. That's the only reason. That's the only reason that my boys got to do that is because the assistant coach goes to Victory Family Church. So we got to do that because of who we knew. So it was, I don't know, a couple months before that, I got asked to speak at the OUFCA. And so I went there, and, and, and when I'm speaking, really like, oh, you're not, man. I'm telling you, that football facility is unstinking believable. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally speaking to these student athletes in this facility. After it's all over, they go away. Myself, the FCA director, and my two children, the only two, only four left in the entire facility, get to walk around everywhere. Like, we're walking around this, this is multi-millions of dollars. We're walking around this facility like we own this place. Literally, look from the weight room to, to their, their snack room. Like, whatever they want, they get. Like, literally, it's unbelievable. We're in the film room. It's like a daggone warm theater. Like, it's amazing in this place. Literally, whirlpool, like hot tub jacuzzi, like as far as the eye can see. Like, unbelievable. My 10 and 11-year-old got to experience that. Why? Because I know the FCA director really well. But he didn't call me because I'm some profound speaker in Newcastle. We're friends. Like, that's the only reason I got that gig. It's because we're friends. And he allowed me, because I know him, there's favor, right? There's favor in that. For a season there, I didn't have to live by the rules of everybody else because of who I knew. If you think about it in life, man, it works a lot for you that way too. But it's the same, man. Listen, don't get it wrong. You have favor from God because you know him. It's not because of how great you've lived. Don't mix that up. Don't mix it up because I've lived so righteous, I have this favor. Be careful. Like, I literally think anointing and favor are two of the most overused, incorrectly used words that we use today in the Christian church. Careful. Like, you have that only because of what God, so you know you're God. It's not because suddenly you're living this holy, righteous life. You're better than everyone else. It's because you know God. You have favor. You have favor. And listen, when you walk with the Lord, you do. You have access to things that other people don't have. You have access to the voice of God. The one who commands the wind and the the rain to stop. You have access to his voice. Don't take that for granted. You have favor. You have have access to to joy, like like unspeakable joy. You have access to, to peace. You have access to supernatural gifts that unbelievers don't have access to. You have access to forgiveness. And you don't work for it and you can't earn it. You have access to be forgiven because of who you know, not because of who you are. And so I want to pray for you this morning. I want you to bow your heads. God, I just want to thank you. God, I want to thank you for your promises. God, and I pray, God, that we just hear these promises. We don't, we don't just take them lightly, God, as just words on a page or, or words out of my mouth, God, but we believe in your promises, God. God, I just can't help but think there, there are those of us that just need to stand on a promise or two this morning. God, that for whatever reason, maybe it's the world, maybe it's a, a friend or maybe it's a colleague or maybe it's a family member, God, have, have, have put some lies in our head, God, of who we are. We don't deserve this or that. We deserve this or that because we have favor with you, God. And we are thankful for that, God. And so just with your head bowed and your eyes closed today, how many of you guys would say this? How many of you guys would say, yeah, I, I think I probably ought to loosen 
some expectations I have for even this season. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to stand on what God has. I'm going to loosen up. I'm literally like we used to say, I'm going to let go and let God. How many guys just feel like you really need to hold tight to some promises this morning? Yeah. Hands all over the room. Maybe you would say this. I can't help but think there aren't people in here that would say, man, I I hear what you're saying and I want to stand on these promises, but I also hear you saying those promises aren't necessarily for me. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior and you want to, and for whatever reason this morning, man, you just say, man, I, I I just feel this nudging in my spirit. Listen, that's God. That's God wanting to know you, wanting, longing to adopt you as a son or daughter this morning. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hand. I just want to say a quick prayer for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to say a quick prayer for you. I want us all to pray this prayer all together as a family. Pray this way. Father God, thank you for saving me. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins. From this day forward, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Newcastle. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.